Hello, Northeast Christian Church, and welcome to our online services. Thank you for joining us today. If you miss any part of today's service and you want to catch it again, you can do so by checking us out on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or Spotify. We also encourage you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay up to date on everything we have going on here at the church. God bless, and enjoy the rest of the service. Praise the Lord, yeah. Man. Thanks, Pastor. Um, you know, it was interesting because as, as we were having our worship time, I just uh, had this uh, sense that, that God is looking for his keys. And, um, and then uh, as I was worshiping, I started, uh, I started seeing, like, instead of people sitting in the pews, I started seeing keys, you know, and I just, I, I had the sensation that, that each one of you is a specially formed key for the purposes of God. And his number one purpose is to bring the lost people to Christ, to bring people into a knowledge of Jesus so that they can be with God for eternity up in heaven. And there are people that won't listen to anyone else, but they will listen to you. Amen. And, and, and there are hearts that, that you are the only key. You, you are the only one that would be able to unlock that heart. And, you know, sometimes we think, you know, I'm a broken key or... I'm broken or I'm messed up or this or whatever. Yeah, maybe at one point in time, God could have used me, but you know what I've been through? And I just felt like the Holy Spirit had a special word for you saying, yeah, it's amazing. There are even a few doors that only that broken key will work on. Hallelujah. And so today, I just, I feel like, Palm Sunday, that today is a day where God is calling, he's looking for his keys, and he's saying, hey, can I use you? Can I use you? Praise the Lord. We'll get into the lesson later on talking about how God would choose a donkey, you know, the choices God makes, you know, to go into Jerusalem, the choices God makes. It's crazy the things that God chooses to use. But today, I just want you to be open and available to say, God, use me. Amen. Here I am. Here, here's, your, here's your key, Lord. Amen. I'm willing, Lord. I'm willing. I'm willing, God. I'm willing for you to use me. Amen. Can we do that today? Can we do that? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Before I go any further... My goodness, what an incredible introduction. I will say this. When we were in Angola, we, we shifted a whole mindset, but um, it, it wasn't just us, Mark, Mark Gardner, doing it. He was also, uh, Pastor Paul was also a special part. We, we hit that mindset from so many directions. First of all, the active demonstration of bringing a child into an encounter with the Holy Spirit, where people could see, hey, it's undeniable. This kid, you know, he, he's had a touch from God. He's born again. 
Listen to him speaking in tongues, you know? You know, you can't deny that that child has been born again because that was the thing. They just didn't think a, a child had the mental capacity to be able to grasp, comprehend the gospel. But uh, we did that, active demonstration, uh, training, workshops, and then we would bring in incredible people, such as your pastor, amen, who spoke at the general council or the national conference of the Assemblies of God to pastors who had come from all over the country and influence them in that decision. Amen. So, but let's do this. Let me show, uh, share a short video, giving you a little bit more of a pictorial introduction of, of, of who we are. And when I say we, um, I'm, uh, I, I just want to say, when I say we, and I'm talking about this is what we did, it's not just me and my wife or me and my daughter. You know, we're in this together. You, the, the, you, you are the, you're, you're the sending agency, amen? Uh, when I was a machinist mate in the Navy, I was on the USS Guam, and when we hit the island of Grenada, I still received the Armed Forces Expeditionary Medal, even though I had nothing to do with going on and shooting at people over there, I helped get the Marines where they needed to go, Amen. Everybody shared in the honors and the rewards. So when, when I say we, all of you who are praying for your missionaries, all of you who are giving to your missions fund here at the church, that's, that's us. That's we. Amen. Let's show that video. My wife isn't with me today. She had a minor surgery. She's down in Georgia. But praise God, we, hallelujah, are going into countries, as a pastor mentioned, where they don't know that children can be born again. And we're wanting to shift the mindset there or change that. Countries and whole regions of the world where you only see older people getting baptized because they just think a person has to be a youth or, or older. But you can see in these pictures, these are pictures from Angola and Namibia. Kids over there are just like kids here in the States. Kids there are hungry for God. Kids there are like any human desperate, desiring to know Jesus. This, and, and this is a camp right here. This is one of the things we do. We do outreaches and kids camps. And you can see uh, just by this little girl's testimony coming up okay, that kids can get a touch from God. I just, I just asked the Lord for forgiveness and I felt a strong love on, on my body. It felt so good. I started looking around at the children. I, I saw the world in love in here and then I just started thinking, the Lord for the for bringing us here. I thank the Lord for all the children here that He was touching. I asked Him for forgiveness, and I never felt this feeling before. It was strong. It was warm. It was. It was kind, it was loving, it was all the feelings that I've ever feel in my life. I never knew it would feel so good to have the Lord touch you. 
she, she never knew that it could feel so good to have the Lord touch you. That when she asked Jesus to, to forgive her and come into her heart, that she felt the, the presence of the Holy Spirit, that she had an encounter. I believe every person should have an encounter like that where you can come to an altar and seek God, spend time with the Lord and actually feel the presence of God where the Holy Spirit comes down and says, I love you, I forgive you, I accept you, hallelujah. I think every person should have that. That's what Jesus died on the cross for, amen? Not, not just a, a, a prayer, but a real experience, hallelujah. And that's what we wanna do. We wanna bring kids into that encounter with the Holy Spirit. In, in Angola, like Pastor mentioned, over a million of the Book of Hope now uh, uh, delivered there, sharing in schools, going all over the place. And now we're, we're, we've gone over into another region in the world where they just don't know that kids can be born again. Uh, unlike Namibia, where we only had two inches of rain uh, 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 a year, here you can see they have school boats instead of school buses. That's Fiji. No wonder Fiji water comes from there. Praise the Lord. But, uh, um, but once again, this is pouring rain. These kids are standing out in the pouring rain, and they were just going after God. Amen? They were going after, they were hungry for God. Kids in Fiji, just like kids in, 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 uh, in Africa, just hungry for God, going after God in the pouring rain. And we want to bring kids into that encounter. And I also thank you because, you know, you guys are not only connected with individual missionaries, you're also connected with like Convoy of Hope. You're giving to things like that. And last year around this time, we were uh, in Fiji and we were helping people after two cyclones went through. We, we fed uh, uh, over a thousand families. I think we got like over $50,000 in, in, in uh, um, financial help from from uh, Assemblies of God, Disaster Relief, Convoy of Help. And you know, 40% of, of Fiji is Indian. And so, I mean, we're surrounded by Hindus where we live. And this was a huge opportunity to breach uh, some, make some bridges and, and reach out to these people. This picture right there is me and Kiko inside uh, somebody's home because we also had COVID over there in Fiji. But in Fiji, they closed all the churches. And so we just decided, hey, when the people can't come to the church, it's time for the church to go to the people, amen? So we just started visiting people in their houses. And uh, I'll tell you what, um, uh, when, when they would find out that we were there to uh, share a devotional or pray or have communion or something, even the people from the, the neighboring houses in the village would come over because there was an innate desire just to seek the Lord, to receive us spiritual nourishment. And so we found that going to people's houses during COVID, we were very well received. Amen. And once again, um, when I say we, I'm talking about us. Hallelujah. Us. We, we were well received. And uh, I couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. Uh, Kim and I, we, uh, well, no, we wouldn't be able to do it. It's something in the Fijian language. They have a word for we, meaning the two of us, ndrao, uh, uh, or they have a we for like six or more, you know, kemuni. And so I'm, now I'm speaking in English again, and I'm mixing my we's up. Praise the Lord. 
But um, uh, thank you so much. Thanks so much um, for, for praying for us and for giving, to, uh, for giving to, to your missions program and helping us to go. And I will say this, you know, Fiji has over 100 uh, inhabited islands. You know, it's not just one island. Uh, there's, there's Tonga, Samoas. We're the uh, field coordinators for that whole area of Polynesia. And man, we need more missionaries out there. We need people to come out there, uh, not just in Polynesia, Micronesia. There are still so many places that need people to go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So hallelujah. Maybe I find a couple keys in here for that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So today is Palm Sunday. And I was telling a pastor that like a, a few years ago, last time I was back here in the States on Palm Sunday, I was in Rockaway, New Jersey. And right before the service, I was standing there, and I guess maybe because I had a, a tie on or, or my African outfit or whatever, I, I, I looked maybe uh, clerical or something, or clerical or whatever they call it. And so some guy comes into the church all frantic, and he's like, hey, what, you know, we ordered palms, but they never came in. Do you guys have any palms? Do you guys have any palms that we can use? And I was like, uh, we're Pentecostal. We use palms every Sunday. And he's like, I'm like, yeah, we, we, we use Palm Sunday every day for us. So, so then he turns, okay, he goes to someone, hey, excuse me, uh, we don't have any palms. And so uh, we're Pentecostal. So if you came into the church today and uh, uh, you're looking for palms, praise the Lord. Um, uh, we, uh, we, we lift up our palms. Can I see your palms this morning? Can I see your Let me see your palms. Let me see your palms. Hallelujah. While you've got your palms, keep them up. While you've got your palms raised up, I want you to repeat after me. Okay. When God wants to choose what he wants to use, I won't refuse. One more time. When God wants to choose what he wants to use, I won't refuse. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We all got Pentecostal this morning. Thank you, Jesus. God, God, can, God can use even me. Hallelujah. God wants to use us. I, because I do children's ministries, I think it, a lot of times in terms of kids and games and things like that. And the, the thing that God wants to use us for, or like the game that, that God is, is involved in, is discipleship. Okay? So when, when, when you... Uh, uh, when you have a game, you want to choose your team. You want to choose where you place each member of your team. And you also want to choose the equipment that you should use. Now, the game that God is playing is discipleship. And God chooses people to use and he chooses the craziest people to use. He chooses the most unthinkable or unbelievable people that you or I, you know what I'm saying? And he takes some of these people, like even your pastor, and he, he puts them in places where nobody else 
would, would say, put that person there. Amen. There's all sorts of, uh, of people that God chooses and uses and places, hallelujah, in, in his spaces. And we just want to be on, on, on part of God's team. Amen. We want to be available for him to say, hey, I want you. And can you do this? Amen. Amen. And when I say discipleship, I'm not, you know, so many people have a messed up idea of discipleship. When you think of discipleship, I have to go to a discipleship class. I have to, you know, do discipleship. What is discipleship? Once again, you're, you got a children's ministries guy in front of you. So I tend to oversimplify things. Let's just say discipleship is wanting to be with Jesus. Okay, just wanting to be with Jesus, to receive from Jesus, that's all discipleship is. And if that's teaching, if that's love, if that's whatever, a disciple of Jesus is somebody who wants to be with Jesus. Now you can look in, I don't have this in your notes, but you can look in Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus, where it says, And seeing the multitude, he went up into the mountain, and when he was set down, his disciples came to him, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You've heard those beatitudes. But the thing is this. You, most of us have a wrong idea of Jesus' teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. Let's think about that again. Matthew chapter 5, one, verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, Jesus went up into the mountain. And when he was sat down, when he sat down, okay, so first of all, most of you, when you think of Jesus teaching Sermon on the Mount, you think he's standing. True? Yeah. Most of you, when you, how many of you lift up your hand when you think of the Sermon on the Mount, think of Jesus sitting down teaching the Sermon on the Mount? You do. Oh, yeah, yeah, they scholar you. Okay, all right. Okay, so... Most of us think because of them watching the Jesus film, I guess, you know. Most of us see Jesus on the side of a hill teaching multitudes. But that isn't the case. The Bible says that he saw the multitudes, went up to the mountain, sat down, and who came to him? His disciples. The multitude, they don't care so much about being with Jesus. Not enough to go up to the mountain. Amen. A lot of people sitting in, in their homes today watching TV. A lot of people staying in their beds. But those people who want to be with Jesus, let's go to church this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm willing to climb that mountain. It's Lent. Let's fast something just because we want more of God's presence in our life. Let's climb that mountain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. A disciple is somebody who wants to be with Jesus. And whatever mountain is in your way, whatever you need to work through or do through, you will climb that mountain because your heart desires to be with the Lord. Amen? So when Jesus is calling us to make disciples, what he's wanting us to do is, I want you to go out and make people who want to be with me. Amen? So the discipleship game involves getting people who want to be with Jesus. And a big step in that is just getting them to, be want, to, to, to want to be with you. 
Hallelujah. Because if they don't want to be with you, chances are they're not going to be wanting to be with your Jesus. But um, discipleship is, is more about being with people. Amen? And so for you to go to your neighbor's house or have your neighbor over to your house and just being with them, that's a whole lot of like discipleship. Are you, hear, are you hearing me, guys? You don't have to teach a Sunday school. You don't have to, you know, whatever. Discipleship is being with people and receiving and giving. Amen. So God is wanting you to use you, his keys. He's wanting to send you to people to be with them, that they won't allow other people to be with them, but there are doors that you can get into that nobody else can to be with people, hallelujah. He's wanting to use you as his disciple makers. Uh, Matthew 28, 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus wants us to first make disciples in our own homes, of our own children, he wants us to make disciples in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods. Also, he wants us to send forth missionaries and make disciples of all the nations. Can you see how that works, guys? Starting out here. But we are not going to make disciples of the nations if we're not even making disciples in our own homes. Amen? Do you know the statistic is that about two-thirds of, of, of our kids are growing up and leaving the church? Two-thirds of, of church, Christian church households, okay? And one of the reasons is this. Statistical analyses have been done, and they found in the homes where moms and dads sent the children to Sunday school, they sent the children to children's church, or they sent their youth to youth group, but they never prayed with their kids, and they never led devotionals in their own homes, they put that responsibility on the church, these are the homes where the kids are leaving the churches. But the statistic was flipped in the homes where the moms and dads were doing devotionals with their kids, praying with their kids, making sure their kids were memorizing Bible verses, it was like 75% of those kids were staying in the faith. And then if they went to a Christian college afterwards, 90%. That's why they stay and why they stray. Those are all statistical analysis, guys. So we need to make disciples, amen, first in our family, and then to the rest of the world. So let's get back to our uh, Palm Sunday here. 1 Corinthians one twenty-seven. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put the shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put the shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. Verse 29, that no flesh should glory in his presence. 
Let me read the Passion uh, translation or paraphrase of that, of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. But God chose those whom the world considers foolish to shame those who think they are wise. And God chose the puny and powerless to shame the high and mighty. 28. He chose the lowly, the laughable in the world's eyes. Nobody's. So that he would shame the somebodies. For he chose what is regarded as insignificant in order to supersede what is regarded as prominent, so that there would be no place for prideful boasting in God's presence. Praise the Lord. Once again, God is looking for his keys. God specifically wants to use you in making disciples. And he's chosen you, even though other people would look over, and even though sometimes you yourself say, hey, ain't no way. God is still seeing something in you, hallelujah, that he says, this I can use, hallelujah. He's choosing you. Our story from Palm Sunday is about God's choice of what he rode into Jerusalem. Luke chapter 19, verse 29. And it came to pass when he drew near Bethpage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent out two of his disciples. Luke chapter 19, verse 30. Saying, go into the village opposite you, where as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. That colt, that's like a baby donkey, okay? Verse 31, if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to them, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he said it to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owners of it said to them, why are you loosing the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus. Can you imagine, you know, somebody finds your car keys and you see them opening your car door. You're like, hey, where are you going? Oh, Lord needs this. I mean, come on. A, a colt back then, if you can look it up, that was worth $10,000 or 10,000 euros. That was, that was the price of a colt, uh, of a donkey, I'm sorry, back, back in the day. I mean, they didn't have, you know, all the cars and stuff. So that was their mode of work and transportation. It was, it was a work animal. It was expensive. And they said, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus and they threw their own clothes on the colt and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then, as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, 
Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Hallelujah. I just, you know, I want to say, when, when you look at the triumphal entry of Jesus, you know, you think that he would have chosen something like what he comes back on in the book of Revelation, you know, on riding on a white horse, you know, with a flaming sword and all this stuff. No, his triumphal, uh, let's make an impression on Jerusalem, was on a baby donkey. He comes in humbly. The, the things God chooses, are you with me? The things God chooses, the outward appearance, a lot of times man would just completely write off. But God sees something there, hallelujah. He's like, this is what I choose to use. You know, Pastor had mentioned uh, about uh, the kids with the polio over there in Angola. And it's amazing. Let's, uh, let, let's put up that video of the kids there. Um, we, uh, we, we started working with these kids. Um, I, I, I saw this kid with polio. I went and prayed for him. Silver and gold have I none because my wife has it all. <laughs> but such as I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus, you know, just like Peter prayed. But that kid didn't get up like the man in the Bible. He stayed on the ground and was still begging. And so I was like, what should we do? And so I felt that we had the responsibility to love these kids, help them out. Until they got healed, we would continue every week reaching out to them. So every week, we would bring them into our children's ministry center, and we would have a time of worship. We'd give them something to eat for food. We'd let them play games. They'd play that, that hand soccer. And at first, when they came in, they were all suspicious because they had been treated like dogs. They had been abused so much. So at first, even though we were kind for them, they were like, you know, but... After week in, week out, picking them up, because they didn't have like transportation like here. We had to go to their homes. This is Paulu. We had to go to their homes, pick them up, and literally carry them because they didn't even have wheelchairs. We then had to get them wheelchairs. Like I said, we committed to take care of these kids and love on them until they were healed. Praise the Lord. Every week going after them. And you know something? These kids were incredible. They started having breakthroughs. During our times of worship, the Holy Spirit would touch them. They started weeping. They started being touched by Jesus, giving their hearts to the Lord. Healing processes started beginning. In fact, we formed a group, a choir group called the Passerinus, the little uh, birds of God. Hallelujah. And these kids started singing... And people would come from all over to hear the Pasarinus sing. And one Sunday, I'm sorry, one Sunday evening, uh, afternoon, there was a group of military uh, leaders in the country and their wives had a benevolent association. And the wives came to where we were at the Bible school. You can stop that. The wives came to where we were at the Bible school to drop off rice and beans and things for us to give to the kids for, for food during the, the week. 
And the kids started singing. And they started singing just a worship song. Move in me, Holy Spirit, move in me. And they started singing this worship song. And they were just worshiping the Lord. And those, those wives of those military leaders, they started like breaking down watching those kids sing. And they started crying. And then when the kids got done, one of the ladies stood up and she goes, true story, she said, you know, she had tears coming down her eyes. She says, when I was a kid, there was some stuff that happened. We used to go to church, but there was some stuff that happened. And I thought that God had forsaken us. I was so angry at God that I just decided I wasn't going to have anything to do with church. I wasn't going to have anything to do with God anymore because I was so angry at him. But then as I sat here watching these kids, they have every right in the world to be angry with God. They've had it so much worse than I had it. But I see them there singing to the Lord, and they're so happy. And I look and I say, how is it that this kid is so dirty? His legs are such a mess. He's in such horrible circumstances, and yet he's so happy. And how is it that I have everything, and I am so miserable? And she said, and I just sat there thinking, I have really messed up. And she said, in the moment, she said, I have decided to turn my heart back to Jesus. I've decided to start following God and going after God again. I realize I went down the wrong way and I'm just going to come out. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Guys, those kids, you could see their legs were dirty, skinny. They were a mess. They were somebody that, that nobody would have thought, God's really going to use this one. And then here were these wives of the military leaders of the country of Angola, whom I could have never even gotten near. Hallelujah. And this child, in all of his brokenness and humility and frailty, God used to turn the, hallelujah, locks on these doors and open up these women's hearts. And I have to believe that a lot of these women also influenced their husbands and their families. Amen. God uses these weak things. When, I'm, when I know that I'm going into a convalescent home or a, an older person's house uh, and I want to share the gospel, I will purposely try to bring a child along with me who knows and loves Jesus. Because a lot of times... Uh, older people, you know, they don't want to listen to a younger person or somebody in their even 40s or whatever, whatever. But all of a sudden you bring a little kid to somebody who's like re really elderly. They'll be like, oh, bring him And there's something about that kid that somehow, some way, that person lets down all their guard because it's just the kid. And then that child says, Grandma, or says, Mr. So-and-so, do, do you know Jesus? Uh, just in a, in a sincere way. 
And that person can be cut to the heart. Hallelujah. Guys, don't think I'm too old. Don't think I'm too young. Uh, I'm too this. I'm too that. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. You're God's special key. And the day that that key has no more function, praise God. God. God will love to take you home. But as long as you are here on this earth, there are lives that God wants to use you to touch. People that, whose hearts only you can open to share the gospel of Jesus. God loves people so very much. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I just want to say the missionaries that we've got coming to Fiji with us, we have one couple who's about 68 years old. The wife, I think, is 71 years old. Uh, They're called the, the Frosts, Martin and Lorraine Frost. They're coming to help out at some churches and to, Martin does, still can do construction, still helping do things. Martin used to be like in a motorcycle gang. He's had his leg completely messed up, almost had to have it amputated. There's, you know, such a mess physically, but yet he still comes to Fiji. He's coming a a year, uh, coming over to to help out, to to share the gospel there, to help them with their construction. Uh, Then I've got Tony Rios and Christine. Tony is an art teacher in New Jersey, and they have an ice cream shop. Christine runs their ice cream shop in, uh, uh, in North Jersey. And Tony used to really struggle with drugs. But one time he took an overdose, ended up in the hospital, and uh, by a miracle of God, he survived, and he decided to give his heart to Jesus. And so now this art teacher and his wife, who runs the ice cream shop, they're selling their ice cream shop. They're coming to Fiji with me in uh, September or October this year because Tony wants to help people there who are struggling with drugs. Are you hearing me, guys? God just doesn't use like a person that graduated from Bible school. Not only, God uses all sorts of people. Hallelujah. The important thing is this, is to sense the call of God, is to realize the hand of God is looking for his keys and just to have the willing, open heart and to respond, yes, Lord, here I am. Send me, God. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm willing, God. You know, and, and maybe you had a different dream for your life. Maybe missions or uh, ministry or help teaching a Sunday school class or involving in, in whatever. Maybe that wasn't your goal in life. Maybe you grew up and there was a, 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 a vision or dream, a, a thing you wanted to do. Well, we children's pastors, we tell a story called the three trees. Have you ever heard the story of the three trees? Yeah. The first tree that wanted to be uh, uh, used to, as a palace, he wanted to be a palace because he, he wanted to be a place where, where a king would reside, where people would come and, and they'd pay homage and he wanted to be the biggest palace and famous and 
Then the next tree he wanted to be, hey, I want to be a, a, I want to be a, 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 a yacht, a luxury yacht. In fact, I want to be a royal yacht, you know, where people look out and go, whoa. And then, you know, once you, just like you, I'm going to have kings being riding in me and we're going to be like, uh, oh, down the channel. Hey, the third tree, uh, you guys are losers. I'm going to not, I don't want anybody, nobody's going to cut me down. I'm not going to be used for any kind of house or boat or what, what. I'm going to be the big, I'm going to touch heaven. I'm going to be the biggest tree. Everybody in the world is going to be able to look and see me. Ah. But one day, sure enough, the woodsmen's came and they cut down all three trees. And they did send the first over to the building supply. First one got made not into a house. He got made into a feeding trough for animals. Second one, he got made into a, not a luxury yacht, a little fisherman's boat. Third one, he just got chucked and uh, uh, I guess the, uh, the guy didn't pay his taxes. And so uh, the government came in and confiscated the, the lumber for the third one. And so all these trees, the one was just a feeding trough. The other was sitting in a pile of junk because he was confiscated lumber from the government. The third one, he was just a little fishing boat. But one day, this feeding trough that just happened to be in the town of Bethlehem, hallelujah, a feeding trough, and another name for it is a manger. And one day, away in a manger, no crib for his bed, the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. That tree did become a, a dwelling place for a king for the king of kings, hallelujah. And then after that, uh, that baby grew up and he needed uh, uh, to get out and uh, uh, be able to preach to a crowd, he said, hey, can you take this boat and put it out to sea a little bit so I can uh, get some space here? Hallelujah. He might not have been a luxury yacht, but once again, the king of kings sat in that boat. The king of kings, Jesus, taught from that boat. He was a boat fit for a king. And that third tree that was cut down and cast aside, confiscated by the government, there came a time where that government grabbed some of those pieces of lumber and said, hey, you carry this. Carry this crossbeam because we're going to use it and nail you on it. And that third tree had the king of kings nailed to him. He became the cross, touching heaven that all the world looks up to and marvels at. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every one of us, amen, every one of us, we have a dream, we have something we wanted to do, but I guarantee you what God wants you to do, and what God has for you is so much more incredible than whatever dream or plan or vision that we would come up with. And as the worship team comes, I just want you to take a moment and to not look at yourself, amen, and all your failures and all the reasons why God couldn't use you. And I just want you to look at Jesus, hallelujah. I want you to look to the Lord today.
And I want you to say, God, it's Palm Sunday. This is the day I'm going to lift my palms to you, God. And I'm going to surrender, Lord. Lord, like those men were willing to surrender their, their colt, their baby donkey, because the Lord, Lord needs this. God, whatever you choose, I won't refuse. Whatever, God, if you need anything out of my life, God, Holy Spirit, whatever you speak to me about, God, Father, I worship you. I thank you that these are your special keys, Lord. You have every one of these here on this earth for a purpose, Lord. Thank you, God. If you can use a baby donkey, you can use me, God. First of all, Lord, I thank you, God, for your great love. God, we're nothing, God. Look at me. Look who my parents are, God. Look where I came from, God. Thank you, God, for making the choices that you make, God. Thank you, God. God, look at how many times I've messed up, Lord. Yet you still say, be on my team. I could strike out so many times. Miss so many times. Yeah, there you are. Be on my team. I don't want to put you over here. Hallelujah. This morning, Lord, I'm trying to look at you, Jesus, and not look at myself so that I can respond in the right way, so that I can say, God, I won't refuse what you choose to use. Jesus, Jesus. Can you, can you pray that prayer with me? Hallelujah. In fact, uh, as a worship team uh, uh, leads in, in a song, uh, maybe um, turn your eyes on Jesus. Maybe you could just join in and uh, sing that song with us. I'm going to ask Pastor Paul uh, to come and help me out here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Help deliver this baby. Thank you, Jesus. I think God is doing a work here. I think he's birthing something in our lives. Hallelujah. Right now, we just want to be available. Hallelujah. To allow God, amen, to put his word into us, to breathe faith into us. Amen. To speak to us. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's sing that. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you missed any part of this sermon or you want to catch it again, you can do so by going to Apple Podcast, YouTube, or Spotify. And I also encourage you to go to lolag.org or ne-cc.org if you want to stay up to date on everything we have going on. God bless, and we'll see you next week.